0: Welcome to Mission. My name is Jody Hickerson. Welcome to those of you that are in the lobby or watching online. Um, Today, I'm one of the teaching pastors around here. I love being a part of this church, this church um, community, so, so very much. Um, So I'm honored to be here. Uh, Today, we're kicking off this new series called Someone Like You. Um, Have you ever wondered what God would be like to meet in person? Like if God showed up like in person, what would he be like? Like who would his friends be? Who would, who would God hang out with? What kind of stuff would he do? What kind of stuff would he say? What kind of places would he go? Like, like, what would he think of you? Well, over 2,000 years ago now, in the little town of Bethlehem, God did show up in person. And not just for a visit. He, like, packed his toothbrush, his overnight bag. Like, he came for 33 years, and he walked this planet. God did. He came down. He, he wrapped himself in our flesh, He in our humanity, in the person of Jesus Christ. So, if you want to know the truth about like what is God like or what, what, what would God be like, what's God's character, who would God hang out with, how would God respond, where would God go, just look at Jesus. And so, during this series, what we're hoping to do is look at Jesus and get to know Jesus a little bit better. And we're going to do that by looking at four different people that he had relationship with when he walked the planet. Um, and we can read about their stories in the Gospels. Those are the first four books of the New Testament, the biographies of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you can check those out at any time. But what we really want to do in this series is, is not just consider them stories. Or like not look at these people like they're characters, or just people that lived a really long time ago, but actually recognize that these people that Jesus had relationship with when he walked the planet are not so different from us. And the way that we can see Jesus respond to their hurts and their brokenness and their demons and their past and their doubts and their skepticism and their failures and their deceit and their reputation is the same way he responds today to someone like you. One of the things we're going to do throughout this series is um, we're going to show clips from the show The Chosen. I don't know if y'all have watched The Chosen. Um, What The Chosen is, it's a TV show that is um, all about the life of Jesus. It's adapted from those biographies, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, They take some liberties in it, but I mean, it is a very, they do a really great job. Um, It's a very beautiful job of looking at Jesus' life, um, giving us a glimpse into what that was like, his followers, who he interacted with, um, based on scripture. So if you haven't seen the Chosen, I just highly recommend, this is a great time of year. Like we're leading up to Christmas. So we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. So this is a great time of year to make this your binge watch so that you can be like, yeah, what's the big deal about Jesus? And kind of get to know Jesus and watch his life as we lead up um, to Christmas. So I really want to recommend that we all kind of jump in. Um, You can stream it several places. There's a website. There's an app. Um, There's also, it's on Netflix. Season one's on Netflix right now. But we wanted to make it easy for every one of us to participate. So we've actually got it on the mission app. So if you've got the mission app, um, hit Bible. And in the resources is a way to, um, yeah, link to watch The Chosen right there. So today what we'll do is we're going to spend some time discovering more of who Jesus is by seeing Some snippets of a relationship that he had with a woman called Mary Magdalene, who might just be someone like you. We first see Mary show up in Luke chapter 8. It says, Soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the towns nearby and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He had his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others that were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. So Luke lets us know that Jesus is traveling around and he's got this ministry and he's healing people and he's sharing the good news. And he not only has his 12 disciples with him, but also some women that are traveling with him, that their their lives have been changed by him. And now they're followers of him. And they're not only traveling with him, they're supporting them financially. Like these women are funding the mission. And among them is Mary Magdalene. She's a Jewish woman um, from the fishing town of Magdala, from whom it says Jesus had cast out seven demons. So, I mean, Luke just kind of throws that in there, like it's a descriptive sentence. Like, oh yeah, Jesus cast out seven demons. And then we're like, What? But Luke's describing her to to let everybody know, yeah, it was that Mary. That Mary. But this was more than a descriptive sentence for Mary because she had suffered. And she had been tortured mentally and physically in her life, not to mention uh, the shame that comes with being linked to physical or psychological illness um, or demon possession. Now, demon possession, that's a message for another day, okay? But here's the truth of what we do know. We do have a spiritual enemy that wants to see us suffer. Physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, sexually, spiritually. I mean, his agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so while we, you know, without even diving deep into what demon possession is or isn't, we can know that Mary, this Mary, suffered trauma emotionally. That she lived in shame. That she felt really hopeless that she had been used, that she was battered, that she was bruised, that she was in agony, and she, she lived just a sinful life. She was just so tormented. So The Chosen gives us a little backstory on Mary. Um, it actually shows us an attempt where she wants to get well, and so she brings, they bring in a religious leader named Nicodemus to try to help her. It shows us her first encounter with Jesus, and it actually starts with her as a little girl. Check this out.
1: What do we do when we are scared?
0: We say the words.
1: Adonai's words. From the prophet. Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah write. Thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Come now. I won't hear you say it. I won't hear your pretty
0: voice. Come. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine.
1: You are mine. That's right. You know what they say. A mock of prevention? There is no preventing the us all. There is no cure. Come on, Lily. It's getting worse. Yesterday they brought in a holy man. When maybe even from Jerusalem. I only remember bits and pieces and flashes. A Pharisee, the leader of the Pharisees, and he ran away in terror. So one religious big shot, just as full of it as the So I am in hell. You're not, I have really Just try. I said, Leave me. That's not for you. Don't touch me. Oh. Lily. Lily, Lily, are you okay? I... I have to go. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Mary! of Magdala who are you how do you know my name thus says the Lord who created you and he who formed you fear not For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name.
0: I love seeing Jesus show up in a pub. <laughs> That's who he is. And he shows up there with a broken, hopeless married, looking for some way to numb it. And you need to know that we have the same Jesus. And he pursues someone like you. He will meet you where you are. Bruised battered hopeless looking to escape he moves towards us he will show up in the middle of your mess that's who he is and i am so grateful because he has shown up in the middle of my mess so many times and it is so comforting for me to know i don't have to get myself cleaned up first i don't have to become a better version of myself first before god will meet with me no that's not what we see What we see is that the opposite is true. The place he most wants to meet us is in those vulnerable places. In those hopeless places. In those hurt places. In those overwhelming places. In those shameful places. In those those hopeless places. Because he is a God who longs to be in it with us. We are his. To embrace us. And to lead us into a new way. And maybe you don't know that about God. Maybe you've never thought about God like that. Maybe you've thought of if, if you came to him, if you encountered God, he'd be angry with you or, or disgusted by you or at least disappointed or frustrated with you that you're in the same place again, that he would condemn you. It's not the God that Jesus shows us. You've got to know today that we have a Savior who is bold enough to deal with your dysfunction, and he is fearless enough to walk with you through an addiction. He is heroic enough to lift you up out of whatever abuse you may have known. He pursues you. You may not even know why you showed up today. God does. It's because He is after you, He is after your heart. It's because He wants you, someone like you, to experience His love, His actual friendship his light, his peace, his guidance, his forgiveness, his freedom, and no one is exempt, and no one has gone too far. He pursues you, and he will meet you right where you are today. Mary's life has changed when she encounters Jesus, when he meets her in her brokenness, and he frees her, and he heals her. So in this next scene, we see that she's she's living a new life, and she's actually out at the market and she runs into that religious leader, Nicodemus, that had tried to help her. And he cannot believe that it is actually her. Check this out.
1: It's real. Lilith. No, no, please, don't be frightened. My name is Nicodemus. I'm, I am minister to you, Lilith. I don't answer to that name. I am Mary. I was born Mary. But you were called Lilith, yes? Please, I must go. No, no, please, Mary. I, I am desperate for your help, Mary. I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. I'm visiting from Jerusalem. I'm a man of God. And I believe you have experienced a miracle, Mary. Are you really a Pharisee? Yes. No? I'm sorry, I wasn't... A I'm not here to enforce Jewish law. So how do you know who I am? You really don't remember me at all. I burned incense. I don't remember. It's all a blur. I can't go back into that. No, no, I don't want you to. I can't even imagine. But you, you are healed. That, that much is clear. I just want to understand how it happened. That makes two of us. (laughs) How long after my visit did you feel the change? It wasn't anything you did. It was someone else. Someone else? He called me Mary he said I am his I am redeemed and it was so who did this I don't know his name and even if I did I could not tell you why not his time for men to know has not yet come for man, <laughs> he performs miracles and seeks no credit well, what does he look like is he a member of Sanhedrin would you at least know him if you saw him again <laughs> I don't know why I am sharing this with you I, I don't understand it myself but here is what I can tell you I was one way Now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. So yes,
0: I will know him for the rest of my life. (laughs) I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. I just know so many of us have the same testimony don't we that the person of jesus that following jesus that knowing jesus being in relationship with jesus has completely changed who we are but whether you have experienced that or or not yet the truth is that jesus can redeem someone like you Mary uses that word redeem, and I know it's a churchy word, so I looked it up in the dictionary. This is redeem. It's to make something acceptable, to restore reputation, to atone for human sin, to buy something back, and Jesus can redeem any life. He went to the cross to atone for human sin, to purchase our freedom, to buy back our wasted years, to restore our reputations and make us acceptable before God. Jesus did that. He still does that. Psalm 137 says, Oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. That verse always makes me think of Dumb and Dumber. Uh, when Harry says to Lloyd after he trades the shag and wagon for the moped, like, just when I think you can't get any dumber, you do something like this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> we, can't, we can't redeem ourselves. Jesus can totally redeem any life. I love that that verse says full redemption. It's not a partial thing. It's not halfway. It's not just so that you feel a little less guilty or or you're a little cleaned up version of yourself. No, what Jesus can do is full redemption. He's in the business of redeeming us and it doesn't matter what you've done. He can recycle it all. He can take our mistakes or our pain or our failures and he buys them back. To use them for his purposes. This is why you hear things like, you know, what Jesus can do is he can turn your test into a testimony, your mess into a message, your misery into a ministry. It's redemption. And just a side note from this clip, Nicodemus thought he had done it, right? He was like, when, how long after I left did you feel a change? And she's like, you didn't do anything, Somebody else did this, and this is so important for us. Just a little side note, if you're a follower of Jesus, we can't change anyone's life. Only Jesus can do that. Our role is to simply point people to him and watch what he alone can do. I mean, I have stood in awe over the last 12 years, just here at Mission, watching people's lives change. Hell's Angel bikers. Terminally ill, homeless friends, prostitutes, porn distributors, people counting days clean, myself. I mean, do you know what, what we all have in common? We encountered Jesus. You see, sometimes we put too much emphasis on ourselves. Too. We carry too much of the weight for someone's life change or, or we take too much of the credit. Here's the deal. I have yet to transform a life. I believe I can show up. I believe I can. God can use me. I believe my love can make a difference. But my primary role, our primary role, if you're a follower of Jesus, is to point people to him because he is the only one who can change a life. For some of you here today, you think, ah, but not me. Like, I, this, this isn't me, not with what I've done, not with where I'm at right now. I can't even picture it. I've been there. Mary's been there, and the truth you need to hear today is Jesus can and wants to redeem someone like you. Mary's life gets redeemed. She actually gets this friendship with Jesus. She starts following Jesus, traveling, apparently funding the mission of Jesus. But in The Chosen, it portrays a moment where Mary has apparently fallen away again, walked away again, gone back to old behaviors. I think we can relate to this, right? The times in our lives where we believe because we failed again or relapsed again or fallen again that we just can't come back to God. But check out how this goes down. I don't know what to say.
1: I don't require much. I'm I'm so ashamed. <laughs> You redeemed me, and I just threw it all away. Well, that's not much of a redemption. if It can be lost in a day, is it? (laughs) I owe you everything. I just don't think I can do it. Do what? Live up to it. Repay you. How could I leave? How could I go back? To the place I was. And I didn't even... I didn't even come back on my own. They had to come get me. (sighs) I just can't live up to it. Well, that's true. (laughs) But you don't have to. I just want your heart. A father just wants your heart. Give us that, which you already have. And the rest will come in time. Did you really think that you'd never struggle or sin again? I know how painful that moment was for you. I shouldn't. Someday. But not here. I'm just so sorry. Look up. I can't. You can. Look at me. (coughs) I forgive you. (coughs) It's over.
0: Mary's words, I just, I can't live up to it. Have you ever been there after you screwed up? And I have. And Jesus' response to her in that moment of regret and shame and disappointment and sorrow and repentance, it shows us, right, we have a God. We have a Savior who can restore someone like you. Restore, to bring back, to reinstate, to repair, to forgive, to renovate our hearts again. We see just how gentle and humble the heart of God is, even when we screw up. One of my favorite passages comes from the the words of Jesus in Matthew 11, where he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light notice jesus doesn't say come to me all who are winning and thriving come to me all who are living their best life now Come to me, all who are perfect and polished. Come to me, all who are killing the game. No, he says, are you tired? Are you burdened? Are you weary? I want you to come to me. You're going to find rest for your soul. Because I'm not demanding and condemning in hearts. I am gentle and humble in hearts. And if today you find yourself full of shame over decisions you've made again, Lies you've told again, places you've gone again, cycles you're stuck in again, things you've run back to again. After you decided to follow Jesus and you are weary and burdened, his invitation is come. Return to me. He will restore someone like you. And lastly, I just want us all to know today, he calls you by name. You know, this series is called Someone Like You, but it's you. It's you. He calls you by name. This was such a, an important part of Mary's story, like that we watched. And I think the chosen chose to, to make it such an emphasis because in the biographies of Jesus, in, in the Gospels, Mary Magdalene is called by name 12 times, which is more than most of the disciples or apostles. And it was a testament. That he knew her, like he really knew her, and he loved her, and he knows you. He knows everything about you, and he loves you. He pursues you. I hate to tell you this. He is not going to leave you alone. He is after your heart. He wants to meet you right where you are. He is just going to be so gentle and humble with you to restore you. He wants to redeem your life and lead you to freedom and give you peace and forgive you and show you grace and ultimately transform your life from the inside out. Make no mistake. He knows your name and he's calling you by name. So maybe today just hear him say, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Lord, we thank you that you know us. You created us. You formed us. And you know everything about us. Every individual story. Every pain, every hurt, every decision, every thought. God, you know. And in knowing us so intimately, you move towards us because of your great love, that blows me away. Thank you, thank you for your great love for us. And Lord, I just pray today that we might in our own hearts, lives, move a step closer to you, to knowing you, to experiencing the relationship that you wanna have with us. Thank you for the way that you can transform any life We are grateful, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.